Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to go back in time. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to talk to our previous selves and give ourselves the advice that we would give ourselves at different ages in our creative journey. Basically, what I would tell myself at ages 5, 10, 15, and 20, uh, thinking about the fact that this is my life. And at those ages, there were periods in time in my life where I was discouraged from pursuing an art career. Mm -hmm. What I would tell myself or anyone who's at those ages who is being discouraged from pursuing an art career. I think this is going to be real good. Yeah. So do you want to start? Do you want to start with uh, five-year-old Clee? Oh, five-year-old Clee. You know, I really feel like five-year-old Clee had things figured out. (laughs) (laughs) I remember five-year-old Clee having boundless creativity and endless days um and i was a little creative human like as far back as i can remember i was into doing the arts i think what i would tell five-year-old clee is hold on to that magic do whatever you can not to lose that magic because little clee would tune out the world and whatever was going on in it and just do my stuff and live in my imagination i would tell little clee Hold on to that. When I think back to my five-year-old self, I also think about the fact that like, you know, every day was a creative adventure, whether I was creating something with my Lego blocks, whether I was drawing something, painting something, taking some toys apart and creating something else, uh, or exploring the yard or exploring parts of the house that I'd never explored before. Every day was an adventure. I think uh, similar to what you are saying is I would go back And because I did have people tell me, don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose that. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I kind of wish someone would have told me was sat down and say, hey, someday soon your parents and other people are going to tell you, oh, this isn't a good idea. This stuff that you're doing, get your head out of the clouds. You know, don't do this. You're going to have teachers telling you this. Different adults are going to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. And I want you to know that that's only because they've lost their magic. So don't let them cause you to lose your magic. That's really good. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's basically at five years old. Yeah. Anything that I created when I did something and I ran and showed my mom, you know, they put it up on a refrigerator. It was treasured. But then I know that around that age was the last time, you know, it was between five and ten uh, it was no longer plausible. Mm-hmm. These ideas that I had, I wanted when I was five and six, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be an inventor. There were so many things that I wanted to be. And then I was introduced to reality. Indeed. This is reality, which I, now that I'm an artist, I am convinced that reality is this made up thing that people use to discourage creatives. <laughs> this is the real world. The real world is actually this non-existing concept to try and muffle creatives because uh, the, you can't put your finger on what the real world is. It's true. No one can quite agree on that. Whenever I'm dealing with children, I try to I try to plant that seed. And, and in not so many words, but it's like, listen, someday 
uh, adult people, people that are in a role of authority in your life are going to say that you need to take your head out of the clouds, that you need to start really thinking about the future, that you really need to start thinking in a different way. It is time to grow up. Mm -hmm. And to those people, I want you to say, I will never lose this magic because this, what I have right now is a superpower that a lot of adults wish they had. I think about that kind of stuff, the way that society is, because like one of the biggest things that a lot of companies are dealing with is that they're like, they have a shortage of innovation. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How is there a shortage of innovation? Well, it's because we send people to school and we treat them, you know, we train them how to be like robots and there just is an innovation in exactly. that. Exactly. You sirs and madams of corporate land have created an Ouroboros of BS yeah. that now you have to deal with. The ones that are innovative, the ones that are creative are the ones that did not buy into the bullshit growing up. And I, I kind of wish as a it, it, in my my young age that I would have known that mm-hmm. that like don't buy into the bullshit of adults because they don't know anything they just don't know anything which leads us beautifully into age 10 which I know that everyone's life trajectory is different for, but for me between the ages of 8 and 10 was kind of where the bullshit started to enter my life right um it was where the conversations started to happen about having reality checks and being more grounded and having more common sense, right? Getting the head out of the clouds. And so I think what I would tell myself at age 10 is, hey, remember that magic? (laughs) Do not let other people's pain, suffering, and limitations be imposed on you. Do not let them define who you are and what you're capable of. You're the same magical being that you were a few years ago. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. <laughs> That's where you start getting told offhanded comments depending on, you know, and like I, and like you said, everybody's different. But that's where you could be, quit being so stupid. Why are you blah, blah, blah? You know, you got to take more responsibility. Da, 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 da. You got to, you got to, especially for me being a boy growing up in a Hispanic family, you know, it's like, you got to stop being, you got to be a man, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it's like, it's interesting how... Basically, all of these things really now that I'm an artist years later and like just kind of let go of that whole world, I look at I look at that stuff and I realize that like you're getting this advice from a bunch of people that just settled mm-hmm. that that gave up on their dreams, you know, and so like it's terrifying for them to look at you and say like, oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe I didn't make it taking responsibility for their own life saying like i didn't make it because i gave up not because the world was against me or blah or any of the other bullshit excuses that people love to believe but understand like i gave up but i could teach my child not to give up to persist to to never give up on their dreams yeah and instead because it's so much easier to make the excuse and say like well i had it hard i had to give up i had to settle it wasn't my choice it's almost like they want to protect you from doing that. So mm-hmm. they have your life kind of dictated for you and on what the ideal way to go is. The irony there is that for most parents, they didn't take that track, right? Right. 
You know, like I was told, you should be a doctor. You should be this. Nobody in my family at the time was a doctor or a pilot or anything, which was what they wanted me to be. And I was like, you don't know. I wanted to be an artist. Well, there's no money in art, right? But at the same time, there was nobody in my family that was an artist either that could actually tell me what the truth was. Yeah. So whether it's well-meaning or not, uh, we could do with a little less imposing the limiting beliefs yeah, on I the w- young minds. I would definitely go back and be like, uh, I don't know if I'd be uh, as elegant as you are. I'd probably go back and tell my 10-year-old self, like, listen, they're all scared and they're all full of shit when it comes to living life. Adults, again, don't know anything they only know what they think they know and usually what they think they know is not correct it's just based on the life that they're willing to live so if you want to think like them go ahead and follow that direction if not think the way that you want to think because that's the life that you will live now that might be a little deep for a 10 year old it may not. A lot of 10-year-olds that I've known are extremely smart and would totally grasp that concept. Yeah, isn't it true also as the generations unfold, right? We don't give the next generation as much credit as they deserve for the amount of capability and thinking capacity and wisdom that they hold. Right, right. That's because we have flawed memories, mm-hmm. right? So we think back to ourselves and we don't remember how brilliant we were. Or we think to ourselves, yeah, well, we were brilliant because our generation, blah, 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 blah. Not realizing that this generation, with all the technology and all the knowledge that there is, they are extremely intelligent. Don't talk down to children. And I think that that's the biggest thing, too, is like, as a child, I remember being five, being 10, and thinking to myself, like, oh, they know. They've got all the answers, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being somewhere in my mid thirties and realizing like, holy shit, I'm an adult. I don't have any answers. And now like I'm in my forties, I'm like, I still don't have any answers. Right. <laughs> they're, 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 it's not like the adults knew any more than the kids did. A young adult recently said to us, I don't think adults, and I'm saying this in quotations, really have all that much figured out. They just learn to use big words that confuse us young people. Yeah. And I said, you know, in a lot of cases, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant, brilliant synopsis of what goes on with a lot of adults. And then when the big words don't work, it's like, well, it's because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like that's that's how it works. All right. So what would you tell your 15 year old? Oh, man. So my mid and late teens were a tumultuous, tumultuous time. I was an angsty, angsty teenager. So I think I would keep it really simple with my teenage self because my teenage self wasn't really – my teenage self was kind of over-listening in general. Right. (laughs) Because it was a source of a lot of pain, right? I think I would keep it simple and tell my teenage self, it really is going to be okay. I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but a handful of years from now, you will be okay. Right. Take charge. Understand that you are coming into a time where you get to make decisions. Right. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. 15 is hard. Yeah. Because you are being told by your parents, which is fine because you grow up with your parents for the first few years of your life, your entire world 
is your parents. That's mm-hmm. that's the world. Anything beyond the world you learn from watching TV and maybe having some some of your parents' friends come over and maybe they have kids. But other than that, for the most part, the world in general is seen through your parents' eyes. And then you go to school mm-hmm. and you've got a whole bunch of different people bringing their own little worlds of their parents together and intermingling. And by the time you get to 15, that's where you start to get an inkling of who am I mm-hmm. in this world, right? Because I've been seeing the world through my parents' eyes. I'm seeing the world through my friend's parents' eyes through them. I've been seeing the world through my teacher's eyes. Everybody has rules. Everybody has the way that you're supposed to live. But who am I? And you're totally lost in that. So 15 is a hard time because you have people barking orders. Now you're old enough to this or you're old enough to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody th- – then all of a sudden these these huge expectations fall on your shoulders of what are you going to do with your life? And especially around that time, you know, because shortly thereafter, you've only got three years from that point to figure out what is your path in life. Right. And you're and, like, I don't know. Yeah. And everybody, everybody's like laying it at like, this is it. Like once you do this, this is it for you. This is the rest of your life. And a lot of, a lot of, te- that's stressful. That is stressful. And then you've got family drama and all that stuff going on. So yeah, I would totally like, listen, it's going to be okay. And I've had people when I was 15 tell me like all this shit, it's going to be okay. It's going to, it's going to whatever. And that, that made me feel better. I think, I think I would probably say, listen, you, you are awesome and you're going to figure out who you are and make that your priority. Mm-hmm. Figure out who you are, what it is that you like, what it is that you want to do. And as far as your life and picking one vocation, life changes. People change vocations all the time, right? And it's not it's not a stain on you if you decide that you want to try something and then you don't like it and you decide you're going to try something else. And most importantly, think about what it is that you want out of life and then go for that to the chagrin of everyone that's telling you how to live your life because at the end of the day, you are the only one who could really make that choice. And that would probably piss off all of their parents. Oh, definitely. That would have pissed off my parents if somebody came and told me that. And the thing is that I, luckily for me, I did have a positive influence in my life. I had my my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I know that my grand, when I was 15, my grandfather, because at the time I was going to school and I was working in the jewelry store and uh, my dad owned a video store. So I was working. So like basically I was either at work or at school and uh, my grandfather wanted me to leave the store. He wanted me to get away from uh, that life because he saw how miserable, like my father, my father, when he was a teenager, it was the same thing. He had to go work at the family business and he didn't want to, he wanted to do something else. So I didn't listen, you know, and it wasn't until I think I was 26 or 27 that I actually left 
the jewelry store uh, on my own accord <laughs> in bad in bad form. Bad form. <laughs> Got into a big argument. It was bad form. It's okay. Sometimes yeah. it's bad form. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I would have told my 15-year-old self. I don't know that I would have listened at the time, but it would have made an impact at some point. Sure. Absolutely. I think I would have added to that. Like, I know a lot of people are telling you what you are especially in school oh, yeah. and what you're capable of and what you're not and what you're not this is what you're not good at this is what you can't yeah. do there's no way you're going to be able to do that this is what you're good at this is who you are yeah and they're well meaning but they're lying to yeah, you yeah they are lying and they don't know it yep <laughs> yeah absolutely so what would you tell the 20 year old Klee which by the way we actually filmed a video of the five things that we would tell ourselves or that we would do differently in our 20s and that's going to go up this week on YouTube on the main channel so if you're interested in seeing that that one is actually a very fun video so you'll enjoy that we definitely had a fun time filming that so what is the one piece of advice that you would tell your creative 20 year old self oh 20 year old me was so complicated I was this weird amalgamation of like confusion and bravery. I did some amazingly brave things uh, at 20 and I had nothing figured out. And I think I think the most helpful thing I could have said to myself was, you're doing awesome. Like, way to go on the brave choices. And it's okay that you feel lost and it's okay that you still don't have anything figured out even though you've reached an age where most people think you should. Do continue to go for the things that you want in life and do try to rein it in when it comes to sabotaging yourself Yeah, and do value yourself enough to not just view yourself as a sidekick for other people's dreams. Uh, and I realize that that's several pieces of advice. But like I said, 20-year-old me was complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I And 20-year-old me was complicated as well. I remember – uh, that was the point where like I wanted to go to art school, but then there was the safety of just going to work at the jewelry store, but at the same time I didn't want to and I wanted to travel and I wanted to I wanted to figure out who I was. And uh, you know, I'd had some some difficulties in my life and I I think at the time probably what I would have told myself, because at twenty years old there was some big decisions being made mm -hmm. and I was, I was taking, I want to say at the time it didn't feel like the coward's way out because the big decisions of doing something were absolutely outside of my comfort, my comfort zone, but they were things that I wanted to approach and they were things that I wanted to do. And I settled for what was safe. And I think I would tell my 20-year-old self, uh, which ironically I did not talk about in the video, which is take more risks mm -hmm. because life is way too short. Life is way too short to not take risks and just play it safe all the time. Because when you play it safe, you settle and that's just not – that's never ever led to anything exciting in my life. I didn't actually start to live till I was in my mid thirties and I started taking more risks mm -hmm. and, and following that and, and moving with that and going with that. So it's definitely something that in my twenties, I would have wanted to have talked to somebody who actually took risks and, and said, listen, you got to take some risks. Don't be stupid about it. 
Right. You know, but take some risk. Take the road less traveled. Go in a direction that maybe scares you and understand that if you go in a direction that scares you, then you are facing the fear. If you avoid that direction, then you are avoiding being afraid and then you're just living in fear. And not just with what you're doing, but in how you see yourself. Because yeah. I, because I, while I'm pleased to say that I was brave at 20 and in my 20s, and I did take some risks at pursuing the things I wanted, I still was very hung up on waiting for permission and creative direction yeah. from other people. That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing. It's like take more risks. Uh, man, there's so many things I would tell myself in my 20s and at 15. Uh, but we'd be here forever. I think the main thing. The main thing is take risks, start to develop the relationship with yourself and understand if you want to be an artist, then start doing it. Don't wait around for permission. Don't Mm -hmm. let anyone else, anyone else in your life, it doesn't matter if your parents, your teachers, your friends, uh, society, whoever, do not ever let anyone else in your life dictate what your life is supposed to be. That, that, that would be the, the big clincher. Don't ever let anyone else dictate what your life is supposed to be. Yeah. Cause it doesn't I, belong to them. Yeah. I spent most of my life being a, a people pleaser mm-hmm. and insecure and waiting for validation and all that stuff. And really it had to do with my insecurity within myself thinking that I needed somebody to direct me because for the most part, we grow up, we go to school or, t- you know, everybody's telling us like, we, we need to teach you the ways of the world. But most of these people are people that didn't actually go after a dream. Some of my teachers, that's, that's what they wanted to do with their life. They wanted to be teachers. They loved the idea of being teachers and they were amazing, amazing teachers. But a lot of them were people that, that fell back on a teaching degree. Right. You know, and so and they sucked as teachers. And I'm like, you know, even now older, I am older and I will make this statement out into society. I think people that fall back on a teaching degree, unless they develop a love for teaching, should not be allowed to teach our children. People that are lacking true passion for what they're teaching should not be teachers. Yeah. And that's and that's what I if you are going to go for it. Right. Understanding that you got to persist that it's not going to be easy, that it's going to suck. If somebody had told me that, right, even at 15, even at 10 years old, if somebody had told me that, instead of saying, no, 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 don't be an artist, don't the j- think of something else, because being an artist is hard. If somebody had told me like, yeah, you could be an artist, it's not going to be easy. Uh, you're going to have to persist. And chances are, nobody will know who you are for years and years and years. But during that time, that's when you got to keep creating. You got to keep putting yourself out there. You got to keep introducing yourself to people. You got to keep showing the world your art. You got to find every single way that you can. And don't expect anybody to hand it to you and don't wait around for anybody's permission. Just do it. Just put yourself out there. Just keep going and keep persisting because the only artists that have ever made it are the ones that didn't give up. Mm -hmm. And that would have been the most powerful thing that anybody could have told me. But nobody was telling me that. They were like, right. don't be an artist. They starve. And I'm like, no, none of them knew any artist. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, this, it's the worst advice ever. 
And I'm like, and that's kind of the way that society is built on these, these ideas and structures that are just really bad advice for, for kids. And then they wonder why there's, there's a lack of innovation and stuff in the world. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Now I thought it would be fun to do a little bonus one, uh, which is if you care to indulge me, if you could project 10 years into your future, 10 years future Rafi and look at yourself right now from a different vantage point that you might or might not be at, what would future Rafi tell current Rafi as a piece of advice? I think future Rafi would tell current Rafi, uh, don't stress out so much over nothing. That's good. Just do have fun because life is too short to stress out over things, whether it's money, whether it's, uh, you know, like with us moving, whether it's getting your commission done on time, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, getting into an art show, whether it is anything, don't stress out over stuff because it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. If you don't get into this commission or you don't have enough money for this bill, eventually you'll get the money. Eventually things will work out. Basically, I would say like, listen, you're sitting here talking to me, right? Have you never had any of those things in your past? You've never been short on money. You've never been worried about where you're going to live. You've never uh, had the shit hit the fan ever because you're still here, which means you made it. Mm-hmm. So either you're going to make it or you're not. And if you don't make it, you're not going to give a shit. And if you do, then why are you giving a shit then? Yeah. And that's that that would be my advice to me. That's a solid now. piece of advice. Yeah. I think future Klee would say to current Klee, when you approach new things, which you're doing all the time, new projects, things you've never tried before, tone it down on the self-criticism. Yeah. Because you're approaching things and you want to be approaching things from a place of excitement. And often once you get started, excitement takes over. But you could do with a little less telling yourself how much you suck and how much you're (laughs) incapable before you get started. Because that's really not very motivating. Get out of your own way and stop trying to slam on the brakes so much. Yeah. Get rid of the stick, man. Get rid of the negative self-talk. None of us can get rid of it, right? Pay less attention to the negative self-talk. Do more boosting yourself up. Pay more attention to the champion. Yes, the, the champion. The champion in your head that's like, you freaking rule. And then you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I, what if I mess it up? It'd be like, so what? You mess it up. Who fucking cares? In you other know? words, you are the man in the arena. Stop telling yourself that you're the critic or the victim. Exactly. Exactly. That's beautiful. That is perfect advice. Yeah, our future selves just gave us some good advice. Maybe we should take it. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, future selves. <laughs> All right. And uh, and that's it. I'm curious to know, you guys. Um, I know that this is a lot of food for thought and stuff like that. But I'm also curious to know, what kind of things would you tell your 5, 10, 15, 20-year-old self? And possibly, what would your future self tell you now? Go ahead and leave that in the comments section if you can. If not, go ahead and write us an email. We'd love to get your answers on that. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. I know that this was a strange podcast, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, I know that we enjoyed talking about these subjects. And uh, and yeah, if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, go ahead and click anywhere around here to subscribe. I'm not really sure where it is. And I guess that's it. Do you want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.